What's up guys? It's your girl Jamia Zarzuela, the political poet, and welcome to Poetry, Prose, and Politics. This episode is sponsored by Coconut Casual, a Black-owned lifestyle brand focused on positively impacting our globe by promoting female empowerment. It's all love at Coconut Casual. And remember, if it's for us and by us, then support us. On today's episode, I brought out one of my friends, and to be honest, he's one of my favorite rappers in San Antonio. Known for his weekly Whatever Wednesdays, 7098 is not only a lyricist, but he's unapologetically himself and speaks his truth. Accompanying the fact that our conversations are effortless, I had to bring him onto the series. So without further ado, here's episode five of Anxiety Series, Cruising Down the Street. Whatever is Wednesday, nigga. Right. And they're talking about stuff that ain't even a business. <laughs> bro, I do not like barbershop conversations. Sometimes they're funny, but sometimes it's like, okay, like, bro, like, I see why some of y'all are single. <laughs> oh, that was, that was a little tough. I'm just it? saying they be in there saying some stuff. They just don't respect themselves or women. It's like, bro, like, how you expect to become something? You don't respect yourself. Mm, I'm not allowed to answer that question because I'm a woman. What? Women? What you mean? I'm a Because if I was to say something, then I'd be out of pocket for one. About what, what? What were you about to say? Because I like just said, why? Why men like? Why? Well, we all contribute to this trash ass like relationship yeah, culture that we have, right? But like, I feel like men especially. Uh you can't. You can't say that. Men especially. I'm just fucking. <laughs> <laughs> See, but that's that's what it is. Like men especially, I'm like, damn, like you can't stick your dick in everything. You can't. I mean, you can say that, and I'm a look. Look, I'm gonna come from a man's perspective too. Cause we don't mean it. No, I'm, I'm just, I'm just fucking you with you. See, I'm just fucking with you. I'm just fucking like, with you. Like y'all see, like I'm, I'm just fucking with you. Let me. Tell me I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you. But tell me this. Tell me this. I'm gonna tell you something for real. Men, men are completely wrong. I think men, at a lot of times, are terrible, especially to the women that they consider themselves to be in a relationship. Men are territorial for no reason, and they're egotistic to the point to where they feel like. Everything that they come across is theirs and they can have other things and still have this, you know what I'm saying? But I also believe that in a lot of in a lot of situations, women that those men are dealing with need to be strong enough to one, when they tell them they don't like that shit and they're done, be done for real. Because a lot of men feel like they can do what they want to do because she's still going to be there. Yeah. Women then, don't know their values, though. Exactly. And you just like men are sticking their dick in everything, mm-hmm. it's a lot of women that don't even make a man earn the things that they're taking. But also, well, I think... Well, that sounds very wrong. Well, well, yeah, like giving. Yeah, exactly. Thank giving, you. sure. But like, I feel like one of the one of the issues that I have with like the whole men women like not relationships not working out 
is because men are still stuck on this whole toxic masculinity tip. I just wrote a paper about that. And it's kind of weird like that people even think that the alpha male, uh, beta male exists. There shouldn't like, be alpha anything. We're there, human. It really, I feel like it's a matter of there's masculinity and feminine energy. There is a dominance and more submissive and some women are more dominant in a relationship and you see that shit. Some women are more submissive and they don't mind. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I think that it's society's fault almost. Like, it's, or, a, it's society's fault, but at the end of the day, society's still going on around me. But I was raised in a home to where I learned to value things that are real and to value my thoughts rather than somebody else's thought. I can't really, I can't gauge society just for example everybody on the east side did this damn 10k thing you know what i'm talking about right the loan you don't know about the 10k loan mm -mm. everybody popping off oh that oh yeah you're talking about when they claimed that they were had a business, had a business all of that shit. Yeah, like yeah. that went on around me i could have did that like it's a lot of things that you can do like when i grew up i didn't have no older male telling me how to be how to be with women i was that for them like those my like my little brothers like i told them what I learned, mm -hmm. but I didn't have nobody telling me that. I didn't have my dad telling me shit like that. Yeah, and I feel like it's something like a lot of niggas are raised just to treat women like, like it's just mom, a number. They either seen their mom mistreated or they seen the right, and those are dudes. Some of them, for the most part, are know how to treat women. But it's weird that they see you see your mom mistreated and you still decide to like do some really trash of, yeah, stuff. Like, I'll be in a relationship and I'll be like digging like, damn, like what if, some, if I want to do some fucked up shit like. Yeah, what if someone did this to my daughter? Or your sister? Oh, I, or I, your I mom. See my mom go through it. You know what yeah. I'm it's like it's like, but it's like even with like the sleeping around thing, it's a lot of. I think there's a lot of. There's also a lot of kids raising kids, so mm -hmm. there's a lot of parents that just grow up still young, and still going through their little phases where they just want to have fun and shit. And right. Kids see that, so they like shit. It's not even. It's second nature. You know what I'm saying? Is that's why it's kids having kids so young because they just doing what they seen. What do you think the hip hop culture has contributed to? relationship culture I for black that, people specifically though. i think that they need to be more realistic it's in the things they make yeah. it seem like niggas have to be tough and have a whole bunch niggas of have to be tough but then again those are but that type of music is coming from people that coming from rappers that are, that are pushed to the forefront like just to, i feel like don't just say rappers well well singers too well singers rockers too. Yeah, but, but but they're white, so they don't get that much of a like. They don't really have that much of an influence on black people. Because then when they get in a relationship, it's picture perfect. Yeah, to that, you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. But like with black, with, I feel like with black people, it's just like a lot of the niggas talking about like shit, like having hoes and shit. Them are the people that are like, really mainstream. And them niggas is married. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, or something like that. But it's just like <laughs> it's the it's the like I feel like with the rap culture or just hip hop and all of that in general, especially right now. I know like like art is uh like art is supposed to reflect the times. Like even if you listen to like LL Cool J or Run DMC, when you listen mm -hmm. to their music, it's like they're yelling at the mic. And I see that as the things that they were going to going through in life at that time. Like it's like they were the they were the voices of the black community. They were like a lot of things and they were so powerful with it. But um I feel like in hip hop, what it's always been is 
the basic analogy of me walking outside with a cigarette smoking in front of my like nieces and nephews like hey y'all don't pick up smoking like this shit is bad yeah but i'm standing right in your face with a cigarette well, yeah and that's what the hip-hop i feel like that's what the hip-hop culture does because it's like they put it right in your face i'll be sipping lean i'll be doing this i'll be doing i sell drugs i do that then when they get interviewed about it no i'm not telling the youth to do that y'all stay in school man i'm just saying what i had to do to get where i'm at then i hear that i'm like nigga well why would i do the opposite when you yeah, got millions yeah. of dollars, nigga. I don't got shit. So I'm gonna do what you did. Like, you know it's what I'm just, saying? It's just it's interesting because like a part of me battles this idea. And I didn't grow up with a dad. Last episode, um, I was actually talking about how like my dad, he was in jail for like eight years. Uh he was a dope boy. Well, actually, no, he wasn't a dope boy. He was he was more like like higher than that, but I won't get into it, but he, he was a person that I, for a very long time, saw couldn't do any wrong. And then my mom's uh, ex, my sister's uh, dad, he was the man that raised me and I saw him do wrong and I saw him, I, I still loved him. So I was really confused about that. So it's like, I'm battling this idea of does the do artists and entertainers actually have a responsibility to their community in that sense? Or is it fair to say that just because they have this platform that they need to completely just change the way that they are? For instance, Cardi B, she used her platform so that she could share uh, politicians. Should every artist, even though they don't really um, understand politics or understand you know, certain certain things, uh use their platform for that it's or like what it... you it's like i feel like if one if you don't know either educate yourself or stay away but two it's a double-edged sword because i feel like just because you have status that doesn't mean in your heart you're a good person or mm -hmm. that doesn't mean in your heart that if it's not in your heart for you to go back to your old high school and give them money to help them build stuff or get i don't think you should do it i think that we as a people look up to people because they have status rather than looking up to the people that are actually doing something around us because the status and the notoriety is something that we don't really get in our communities a lot of the time. So it's right. like when you see somebody getting that and then you it's like you already hold them to a platform of like if um if like when you if we found out if all of a sudden people found out LeBron James is cheating on his wife. People are going to be heartbroken. Mm -hmm. When at the end of the day LeBron James never, you know what I'm saying? He he never he never showed us. All he did was do things a way that we see as heroic or that the black community sees as heroic. He never claimed himself as a hero. Right. So if he does something that you feel like is humanistic, like if he does something that people see done by the average person, there is going to break their heart. But it's like, why why did you give him that it's label? It's magnetized by us and we create, our, we create these idols. I think it's interesting though, because it's, you brought that up, but I forget uh, who said it, but somebody was just like told told a basketball player, you know, shut up and dribble. It was that lady that told LeBron that. And it was cra so yeah, so it's crazy to see basketball players use their platform and say, "I'm not going to answer any questions unless it has to do with, uh, you know, the arrest of Breonna Taylor's killers or murderers." Um, I feel that you know, even though you don't, um. You don't necessarily understand something doesn't mean that you can't in some way try to educate your community bless yeah, you and i also Thank feel like it was really interesting because i mean you look at you know michael jordan who 
didn't talk about anything at all. And then he said that his shoe wasn't for us as black people. It was for, you know, the kids that could afford it essentially. And so it's like, he, he didn't want to mix that whole politics and basketball or social issues in basketball because he only knew basketball. And now that he's he's kind of stepped away from that and a little bit removed, now is when he's choosing to use his platform. So it's like, what is a what is the responsibility of somebody that has a large platform? What is your responsibility as a rapper and artist? Do you have one? But you, I guess you answered that like in a, to an extent you do. You asking me? Yeah. I I personally, I grew up. I love music. Always have. I um. I didn't see myself as no rapper. I used to mess around with rap, but I never really saw myself as no big artist or something like that. So when I did actually pick this up, I don't look up to what's going on right now. I look up to people like I never grew up idolizing rappers. I never thought rappers were the only rapper I idolized was probably Bow Wow when I was 10. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but like other than that, I didn't look up to Jay-Z's or like people with chains and money. I didn't mm -hmm. care about that shit. Like I looked up to my dad and my mom, you know what I'm saying? People or my grandpa. So my stand when I come in to make music, first of all, I'm not going to make nothing that doesn't feel good to me. And I feel like won't won't feel good to others. But as far as the things I talk about, there's a lot I won't say as far as like pushing that negative narrative like we talked about earlier. Never heard you hear. I never heard you rap that. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to because it's like, I, why would I do that? Mm -hmm. And that's not real. That's not me. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of things like I was told very early on, like it, I can't make music just talking about my life. I need to like stem out and do other things. But it's like, bro, like my favorite artist made music talking about his life the whole time. Every all of my favorite artists made music talking about their lives. Like mm -hmm. I feel like I'm not the only person living the type of life I live. Right. And my cult following will be people that are going through the same things I may be going through on a daily basis, but they don't make music. You know what I'm saying? They could be doing something else, trying to chase their dreams. So it's like. I'm here for change and I do want to, once I get my, get my pedestal or whatever you want to call it, I do want to help. You know what I'm saying? I want to help in any way, in a lot of ways that I see fit down here that there's a lot of areas, there's a lot of creative children that think that since they're creative, the only thing they can do is rap and they, they cling on to these rappers that are around their age making all this money. But it's like, I feel like it, it can go deeper than that. You know what I'm saying? If you're an artist, you don't just have to rap. You don't just have to do anything. You can express yourself in ways that really that you truly mean. You don't have to try to be somebody else. You know what I mean? And I was never box. taught that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's why when a lot of people hear my stuff, I don't really sound like vocally. You could say I sound like people like what my voice sounds like. But as far as like when you listen to my music, mm -hmm. I don't really think you could fit me in with nobody else's because I don't I don't really. I look up to what people have done in their music, but I don't look try at, to mimic it. Yeah, I don't I don't see I don't even hear anything and I'm be like, bro, I'm gonna try to do that. I don't do that. Yeah. It's not it's just something that I agree. Yeah. I agree. You do definitely have your own sound. And yeah, like I was saying, I'm battling this idea of like, is it does it start at the home? But what if like for me, I had my mom, but what if it what if in my home I don't have anyone? So then it is just this rapper. It is just this uh, singer that I can look up to because they're my favorite artists or it is just whoever, whatever it is that I'm interested in or that child is interested in. That's a so, very, very good point. So I, I feel like, and now that I'm married and now that I have a kid and now that I'm like 
a person that is trying to live a particular life, especially now that I have um, someone that a whole black person, that black boy that I have to protect in this world, right? Mm -hmm. Now that I have that, I have to be a better me and give him something. I have to think about uh, making sure that he is set financially when he's, you know, wanting to go off into college. I have to make sure that he is, he has an understanding about certain things, relationships and stuff like that. He's not trying to pull from this unrealistic idea from, and false narrative from, from be it porn or rap music. Or their homies. Or their homies. That could be the worst thing ever. Oh my gosh. (laughs) That was one of my worst things. I found out about porn in seventh grade. Or no, I'm lying. I found out about porn in third grade. What? One of my homies. Whoa, wait a minute. I swear to God. He was telling me he was telling me about some weird website. I didn't even really get on the internet at this point. But they told me about that. I'm go home. I'm like, whoa, what the fuck is this? Like you know what I'm saying? But it's just because they don't know. Like, bro, I had a homie bring in like porn magazines to school. We just laughing at it. But it's like I'm still seeing this. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I feel like as a black boy growing up, there's a lot of things that we should be told or taught at home before we get from people we actually respect through people that are just like, when you have friends, some friends you do stay friends with your whole life, but these mm-hmm. are people you want to be learning life lessons from your same age that probably ain't even really been through nothing. They just hearing it from somebody else. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So I think, I think some of these things, even though it may be uncomfortable as a parent or even though I'm not a parent, so I, it's like, I can't say, but being that I have parents, I feel like I can say the fact that there's some things I would rather hear from them first and then really tell me. It's like almost damn near everything. Definitely. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like the people I hear it from, they don't have, they don't always have my best interest in heart, even I'm if they're my hard, best yeah. friend at the time. My parents, I feel like, are the people that have my best interest at heart at all, at all times. And I, I actually touched on this with one of my friends, uh, Lex, who I was talking to. And I was saying, like, I really wish that uh, people wouldn't say, Black people specifically wouldn't tell their, their sons or their daughters don't be a cop uh because i feel like the only way that we as black people can fix our system is if we are a part of it in a sense to shape it if we're investing in our community one way you invest in your community is if you don't like the fact that cops do x y and z is don't then tell your child no don't be a cop um, for me in particular i want to i wanted to be a judge but like looking at the fact that a cop gets their high school diploma, goes to training for, you know, whatever, six months uh, police academy versus me who um, is wanting to be a judge. I have to go to school for political science for four years. Then I have to uh, go to law school. Then I have to pass the bar exam. That's $600 out of my pocket. Then I have to practice law for five years. And then I could try to be a judge. Like, that's crazy. But I don't feel like it's fair for somebody that is detached from the detached from our circumstance to sit up on a pedestal and look down at me and judge my children, my neighborhood when they didn't they never understood what it was like to be hungry. And that's why they went to go steal from Target or they never understood what it was like to get somebody shot just because they were black and the cop just pulled the trigger too fast. And that's why they're burning down the precinct. Like me personally, there's that part of me that's just like, I have to be a part of this in order for my community to change. I agree with that. And I feel like our friends don't, our friends is not going to be the ones to actually say, 
hey, yeah, you should most definitely be a cop. They're not going to push that because, oh, you want to be a pig? Oh, you want to be 12 now? But it's just like, well, how else am I going to, like, I understand our lingo. I understand our, um, your body language. But a cop that's not from here, that that's not from this neighborhood that doesn't understand how black people move, essentially, they're not going to get the reason why he's, that this motion or my hands being thrown up in the air isn't really a threat. And it's because they're not from here. They don't get that. And it's it's so frustrating, I guess. I, I can say, I will say that I'm probably not the best to speak on that because I've met, I've met one good cop my whole life. And he lived in my neighborhood with me. His name was Duke. He did all the funerals for everybody because I grew up in a neighborhood with a lot of older people. Mm -hmm. He did all the funerals. He did all my family's funerals. Like he would be the one leading it and all of that stuff. He used to come to everything in the neighborhood. My uncle Harv, he's a he's a good cop too. They're just good people aside mm -hmm. from being a cop. And I don't think that bad people are cops. I don't think that all cops are bad people. Rather, let me say that I don't think all cops are bad people. But if just like I told, like we were talking about this before, like if all me and all my homies are good people. But one of my homies was known for running around, killing people for no reason. Mm -hmm. It kind of it makes us all look like and we just you know, what I'm saying it makes us all it makes us all get looked at in a certain way. Yeah. And I wouldn't be if it had I known that I wouldn't be surprised if his mom told him to stop hanging out with us or stuff like that. You know, what I'm saying so it's like they trying to keep him away from that that system or the, the mindset of they cool with hanging out with killers. You know, what mm -hmm. I'm saying so it's like. I've never personally liked cops since a kid. The first time I, my first encounter was a cop, I was very, very young. He pulled my mom over for speeding in Kirby. Air quotes for the audience. She, speeding. Yeah, she wasn't speeding. So, and he yelled at her like she had like she had drugs in the car. I'm in the backseat mugging this dude. And my mom just like, just sit back, just sit back. I'm pissed. My sister's a baby. She's crying. My mom's crying. I'm like, bro, like. All she did was ask, what was she getting pulled over for? He started talking to her like reckless. I had a family member that was incarcerated for seven years and we used to go visit him. The way I got treated in there, the way we all got treated in there, it's like we all did whatever happened. You know what I'm saying? And mm -hmm. I, uh, this one encounter, the cop yelled at me in my face and my mom yelled at me in my mom's face, telling us something like very, I don't remember what it was, but it was extremely negative. I went to the restroom and I broke the sink. Oh, wow. I was so pissed. Like, I just didn't know what to do. I couldn't hit him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, but it's just like, I've never personally had encounters with good cops. Me and him were at Whataburger. A cop was like, I'm talking to my homie. My homie was like, dang, bro, they probably gonna make us leave because it's, it's, um, it's too many people here. I said, he can't make us leave. My brother's order. And they was like, he was like, you can't say what I can't make you do. That's what the cops said. I was like, bro, I was, I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to him, but you can't make us leave because my brother's ordering. He's like, why don't you leave right now? I was like, bro, where am no I gonna reason. where am I gonna go? And then he made me go outside and show him my license. Start asking me all these questions. Of course, I didn't answer. But it's just like I would never tell my kids not to be cops. But mm -hmm. just like my dad used to tell me, he didn't, he never told me not to do things. He would tell me to make sure I understand exactly what I'm doing, the history of it, all of that before I just jump into something. Because right. when you put on that uniform, yeah, you're gonna get looked at a certain way. Mm -hmm. And yeah, a lot of those cops that come in, they probably did. The dude that put his um put his knee on uh on George Floyd mm -hmm. when he came into the system, he could have not been that way. You know what I'm saying? Like people don't look at that though, but it doesn't matter how he was, that's how he is now, and that's right. how he's gonna be seen for the rest of eternity. 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But some of these cops do come in with good intentions. They're good kids. They're young. They want to help. They want to come in and, and get justice. But they end up getting sucked into the, you know, the bullshit of life. Just like some kids go to college and they really just want their degree. They never been to parties. They've been focused on school. But then now right. they're away from their parents. They're on their own. They get sucked into the partying and stuff like that. Some kids don't come back from that. Some yeah. kids still get their degree. Because, and I've always said that. And and uh, note, I just want to note that you can speak completely freely on how you feel. It's funny because I'm actually gonna have. Um, I I will be having a guest on here who, you know, that is her profession. She's a cop. So, well, a little bit more than that. Oh, I can't get too into it. Oh, because but okay. yeah, but I'll tell you a little later. But mm. I'm gonna have somebody that's gonna be on, and I want everyone's perspective on it because it's it's a fair perspective. Mm -hmm. That's your reality. That's the that's what you lived and what you went through. My first, my first aha moment, like, oh, I'm, I'm black, like. And it, my skin color actually does matter in the world was because of a cop. It was because of how he treated me in a, and I couldn't, what happened um, was like, I went to him for help and he treated me like I was a criminal. And I knew that in that moment, if, if I was white or, you know, just not a black girl, he wouldn't have treated me that way. Right. I just knew it because it didn't make any sense for him to treat me like I was a criminal when I literally am coming to him for help. And so, yeah, I mean, it that's that's your truth and that's your right. And and I think what people don't understand is that like black people get mad because we try this silent protesting of, you know, I'm Kobe wearing a shirt that says I can't breathe, and you know you get told, oh, shut up and dribble. And then Kaepernick is kneeling and he gets told, stand up. So we try this silent protesting. Then you try just peacefully marching. Meanwhile, there are people that are, there are bigots with their guns yelling because they're mad that they have to wear a mask. And then you're like, well, forget this. I'm going to try violent protesting and I'm going to go burn down the precinct and the target and the, I'm just going to tear everything down. So it's like, yeah, like, what am I supposed to do in I, in this whole to express myself and to express that I am serious, I am a human, and if I was anybody but black, you would see it like that. But because I am, you don't. This um, I don't know how to say. I okay. So the way I I grew up when I moved here to San Antonio, I would think I was in first grade. I moved to San Antonio for good. And the first school I went to here, my cousin went there too. It's a school called Organization for Black Unity. And it's a school that only taught us about black history. You didn't learn the history in school. I never learned that. I never learned Texas history until seventh grade. No, fifth grade when I moved to a charter school. But like up until that, and I was already, that school teaches you ahead. So we were like three grades ahead of everything. So when mm -hmm. I left in fourth grade, I was in seventh, really. Like, you know what I'm saying? I was like, or like, I don't know, however the math ends up rounding off. I was in seventh grade, like the uh, education wise. But um, and I I learned I learned only our history. So I learned a lot about the way we got mistreated way, way, way early. Like I'm in mm -hmm. fourth grade knowing we we watch 
we watched lynchings on TV, like like the how how they used to do things. Oh, we Lord. saw we they didn't we didn't Fourth watch street. the actual live lynching, but we saw like how the streets would be when something like that happened with the right. body there, like old footage and things like that. Like we watched all of that stuff, and it wasn't to scare us; it was to show us, like, bro, like it's it's history. It's what yeah, happened in but this it's country. like people don't understand, like, bro, this shit is chess. Like, I left that school with every right to look at every other race especially white people as demonic like all these different things because of the things i saw done to us martin luther king like martin luther king was like my jay-z when i was a kid mm -hmm. i loved him just because i felt like he fit my like just as a kid i used to be him for halloween every year oh wow yeah for real like and i, I looked up to him like he was like you know what i'm saying the dude you know and i found out that he got killed by a white person i came home crying my mom asked me what's wrong. I was, I was pissed. I was like, they killed Martin Luther King. But I just found out. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it was but like, you didn't know, yeah, like, I didn't know. That was like what it was. That yeah. Made but it, I, yeah. I grew up looking at, I don't never, I don't analyze in the moment. And I feel like as a people, that's something that we're not taught. We're very, we, we focus on instant gratification. So, Especially now. Yeah. So we if we would have did that protest and all the cops came out and apologized and every black person in America got $1,000 in their bank account for the rest of that year, every month. We, we won't. There's good. no more protests and there's no more nothing. There are gonna be some people that's like, bro, that's bullshit. That's but for the most the, part, yeah. yeah, for the most part, everybody gonna be like, oh shit, well, I mean, shit, it's cool. You know what I'm saying? They, and and then they just laid off of us for a year. It'd be good. But and it's, it's like, crazy because that's all. Like in that moment, I think that that's what we wanted was just for that, an apology for for three seconds. But I I forget. I saw this on Black Twitter, but it was a lady at the end. She said, America better be happy that Black people are um, are asking for equality and they're not looking for revenge. Yeah, Something that. like that. It's not, but it's like... And it's not even that we're, <clears throat> that we're not even that way. No. We just, like in a sense, me and my aunt, she's an educator. She she teaches middle school and she says her form of, her idea of reparation would start in, in education. Because you literally made it illegal for us to read. Yeah. So. Bro, if you're sorry, if you're really sorry for what you did, admit what yeah. you did and talk to me about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't respect no I'm sorry. And that's it. Like, mm -hmm. I was telling him that the other day. Like, I'm not with all that. Like, you just tell me I'm sorry. And he that's just, it. Yeah. I'm not fucking with that. Because it's like. And it like, it pisses me off because the fact that people feel like it's necessary to go out here and constantly yell out. Like we matter. The fact that we have to do that should let you know that there's equality. Equality is not going to come from us yelling at them. They know we matter. Everything, anything that really moves money, like move these businesses that earn a lot of money, we're their people that's giving them the money. Mm -hmm. We matter. If everybody just stopped playing basketball, they stopped the NBA and started their own league and left all the other nationalities of people in the nba that shit wouldn't be anything anymore that would be a dead sport if all the basketball players just stopped playing like fuck that it'd be a dead sport football right. players that'd be a dead sport music it'd be dead like everything stemmed from somewhere and we're that somewhere for the most part one second but yeah to to continue on that you said that essentially i think Mick Jenkins has a song, uh, 1800, it was, I think is what it's called, 1800, but he was like, if if we like completely took away every single invention that black people made, if we just completely stopped working, all of us stopped working, didn't move, 
then America would really see the shift and see the damage that that would happen if we were gone. Man, and people yet of they color built this shit all of it for free. Yeah, for for, for damn yeah for free and taught everything along the way like you know what i'm saying like and didn't even press about bro that's our shit y'all took it yeah niggas was remixing michael jackson songs every i was in urban outfitters the other day it was a white band singing fucking um the annie are you okay what's the name of that song uh shoot i don't know know. (laughs) but any smooth criminal yeah and i'm like i'm like damn that's crazy again like you know what i'm saying that shit has been happening it's like you bite from the culture, you take everything, and then you run away. I and mean, people have even said that Elvis was that was a person that man, stole music. So all I, of this shit, it's like, and we steal music from each other. That's that's the culture of of music and art pushing it forward. You bite, but it's like when you no, bite, they, he stole though. Like, yeah, yeah, you're but I, I'm saying like stolen. They 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 do that. It's like when we I'm, what I was about to say like that's the culture of like growing art, but it's different. Like if you building like a nice ass Lego set. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, shit. I just come and take your shit and bring it to my desk and put one thing on top of it. I'm like, yeah, I made this shit. And tell the teacher, the teacher, take a picture of me. I'm in the school paper. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's like, it's like, bro, like, yeah. The the way America's set up, and that's the thing I think people don't understand. That's where the education come in. Like, they don't even know the real history. A lot of these kids and a lot of people only know now the things that's being shown on tv that happened then they don't know the full they don't know everything they don't even they for us to really matter we have to feel that and the thing that pissed me mm-hmm. off the most about the um the whole black lives matter thing not the not everything they're doing i'm talking about like people coming out and doing that right. doing a blackout tuesday on the same time it's people sharing uh two black people fighting on their story showing sharing sharing like uh a a, a black person a young black person and an old black person fighting or showing like a black person shooting somebody else on the street like bro like they in the craziest part we doing the bullshit and we're doing the um the woke shit on their social platform right like in order for us to really get further like i was telling him like bro we all on there everybody's on there tweeting their thoughts and shit and saying how fucked up these corporations are take your money and put it in a black owned businesses we talking about all of that in their house you know what I'm saying? Like we're on we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, we're doing all of this, and it's just like it, it made me a little uncomfortable. Just it because. almost saddens me too because I feel like is are we going to actually um, are we actually going to stick by that? Are we actually going to be the ones that will buy only black owned? Are we going to walk to? Are we going to drive further to get away from a? black a black uh hair store are we going to go to well y'all go to black barbershops so that's not even an issue for yeah, for when it comes when I'm it comes going to no white yeah for a man yeah but are we going to stop like going to starbucks are we really going to push black are we only going to just buy you know food or go to restaurants that are that are black owned um it's not in the craziest black part banks. it's not hard it's but not. it's convenient to do it the other way and that's the way they have built it like yeah. it's it's not about them um it that they were prepared for any type of drastic change that would come from this because they knew the whole time after the shit popped off we would still be in their store exactly you know what i'm saying it's like it's, exactly. it's different like i it's gonna be different if i beat your ass every day and you beat my ass once 
then I keep beating your ass. It's like that yeah. one day, okay, it's like, okay, I'll let the nigga beat my ass every once in a while. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, as long as I'm getting the upper hand, that's how they look at it. They, they, they built it so, there's so much foundation of the things that's been going on for so long. It's like, in their mind, I really feel like, shit, we good. Because there's always moments of people that come and show us what we're supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. And at first, Kaepernick, Dave Chappelle, like they get looked at as all it takes is white white America to say this. He's crazy. Um, he's turning down fifty million dollars so he can go smoke crack in Africa. Oh, he's crazy. He's kneeling down here, and this song is for the soldiers. And y'all don't support the soldiers. Then everybody's like, oh my god, damn, that is for the soldiers. And he gonna kneel, and the military helps fund the NFL and like all of this. But it's like, bro, a lot of yeah, I have seen a lot of things that are like. Um, the Me Too movement was started by black women and it was it was looked at to me in my opinion it was looked at like I'm just gonna say black bitter bitches bitching and then white women got on it and it was like oh my gosh we have to things protect. are happening to women things are <laughs> like and it was it's it's so interesting to see that that has it's what it's been this entire time. And Kaepernick it's a, that's Neil. A, that's a, I feel like that's what Black Lives Matter is. Like, it's like they gonna, they speak on it, but like a lot of it is, I feel like it's just me more doing than speaking. Like I seen some dude say, he said, they out here protesting this shit, but then again, if you think about it, people ain't gonna struggle with someone they think they, they better than. He said, none of these people are talking about rushing the capital to get some real change. Cause if you would do that, do some shit like that, they gonna be like, oh, these people for real, like, yeah, bro. It's like it's bigger. Than like they're not gonna go rush the capital with y'all, like these motherfuckers. We, we. I went to one protest, bro. It did not feel right to me because, yeah. like I told you, the school I went to, I seen these protests on TV. Mm -hmm. I seen the shit they went through. I seen everything. I pull up to there. It's like what fifteen percent black people, and they walking with us, yelling all these chants and shit. But it's like, bro, like if something happened to me right now, in the midst of all of this shit, ain't nothing gonna happen to y'all. Like, you know what I'm saying? I get, I get y'all, everybody's voice does matter if you're gonna come out and speak on the right shit. Mm -hmm. Not gonna talk nobody about, out of speaking about the right shit. But right. you need the people there that's actually going through it. Like, to me, real courage. So it has to be us. It can't yeah. just be predominant. It can be them, but it has to be I us. did hear this theory, though. I feel like racism is a is not a black problem. We didn't create this. We didn't. So I don't feel like... A part of me feels like it's not my, our responsibility to continuously uh, tell a bigot that I matter. Tell a bigot that they I'm not going to still. They need to hear it from people yeah. that's tired of it. Yeah. They need to hear it. They need to hear from the cops that stop calling me about a black man walking in your neighborhood because he lives here. That's coming. your neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to come to to get his ID and his ID says he lives right across from you that's your own fault for not knowing that that's fact so i, I feel like it, it has to be from them as well i want them there but we also need to uh want it for ourselves like i feel like for real real courage real courage in this shit is you doing what you have to do knowing what you have to lose and when you do that that's when they start to notice you matter like there might have been a lot of people that didn't know who the fuck colin kaepernick was you know what I'm saying? When he took that stand, he became, he was all over the internet. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of people, football players that didn't kneel, black football players, because they like shit. I'm not about to. I got a family shit. at home. He got a yeah. family too. Yeah. 
Yeah. Everybody has a family, but he's not thinking about himself. He's thinking about the people that scared to kneel. He kneeling for you. Right. Dave Chappelle walked away from that so these young black comedians could see. Now look at like Kevin Hart and all these people. They're doing what the fuck they want to do. Dave Chappelle took that L and left to show them like, bro, you don't have to get a no dress. You don't have to Tyler Perry yourself. You don't have to Martin Lawrence yourself. Not to say anything bad about them people, but it's like when white America comes in and they don't want you to look like a masculine black male no more. And they want oh, oh, let me finish. Let me finish. No, no, I agree with you. I feel like you're about to really yeah. say. But I'm like, I'm like, they, but it's like, okay, we take him out the household like this, or we take him out the household and put him in jail. Okay, Dave Chappelle goes to Africa. He's smoking crack now. Is he smoking crack for real? I don't know. Just say that. They're gonna believe it. He ain't here no more to say nothing. Fuck it. So he's smoking crack now. Don't don't be like Dave Chappelle. But then Dave Chappelle comes back and tells his story, and everybody's like, oh, he's a black hero. He wasn't a crackhead. He just wasn't about to take a check. Come on, man. And they reading that shit off of magazines. So in that case, then, what is your anxiety as a black man in the industry trying to, like, what do you feel like? Do you feel like you're going to be silenced even though they tell us that we have the First Amendment? Do you feel like, like, what um, do you fear in that? I don't, I don't, to be honest with you, it's not no, like, masculine shit I'm not really scared of any of that because I feel like if I'm doing what's right Mm -hmm. and I'm doing what feels right to me like my parents didn't want me to go to that protest there's a lot of things I say in my music my parents don't want me to say because they're scared of what can happen to me I can't Mm -hmm. I can't I understand their point of it but at the same time I wouldn't be me if I didn't go on I didn't say what I felt and I didn't do what I felt is right right like um I can't I can't sit back and let shit go on and not say nothing I can't the anxieties that I have the most with this music is knowing that as an artist, you don't get taken away by the same people that are getting taken away by these people that we go out and protest and fight for and speak about. We get taken out by people down the block that like where you were going and maybe you didn't do the feature with them. Maybe you flexing a little too hard. Maybe you maybe you don't fuck with us no more. Mm-hmm. That's when I walked when I'm from the east side of San Antonio. When I ride around on the east side of San Antonio, people look at me like I need a pass on my car to show that I'm from over there or like I'm I'm a threat or something like that. But it's like this is something that's been put in our minds from the beginning of time. Like my anxieties don't really come from what can happen from America doing shit to me. I'm not scared of America. It's what your own brother would do. Yeah, it's like Cain and Abel. Nip, uh, Nipsey Hussle, may he rest in power because that was for, for that man to have... Um, his toxic masculinity, his fragile ego to want to kill somebody that was some uplifting. shit he really did. He was a snitch. You're not, he, Nip was uplifting a whole community and yeah. you took somebody that was really doing something. He was supposed to meet with LAPD before he got killed. Yeah. And then you're talking about um, uh, Pop Smoke who they found out where he lived because he accidentally posted it. I think Mans was 20 when he passed away. And it's like, but for why? I I understand gang culture. I understand. You a man. You 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 a human. You a man at the end of the day. I understand that when you. But this is my thing. I understand that when it comes when it comes to gang culture, if you're gonna say that you bought that life, and there are people that are actually bought that life, then you can't. Like for instance, with six nine, you can't then turn away and say that you're not really about it when something happens. It's either he, unf- it. I don't think that Pop should have at all died the way that he did. I feel like that was 
like that was disgusting to see to see a young black man kill another young black man that was just trying to make it that to me is disgusting however we have to remove ourselves from this thing that we created and it's ugly like i and this is the thing i feel like game from my understanding bless and chris was created to protect the the black community and to and then it spiraled into something that wasn't our fault though i will one day digest what happened into like like talk about it like go in and break down what happened in the 80s yeah because you're talking about uh the crack era when when cops pushed that into our community and then they push and they was they were saying well it's either that or you're gonna go to jail i've actually heard those stories from actual men who've told me that this is what happened they had to do this they had a quota if they didn't meet their this then they was going to go to jail anyway because they already had this on them and all this other stuff so it was a lot of uh stuff being pushed on them so i understand that that was one aspect i understand that when you're talking about you're taking away um uh jobs from from people then um they're going to turn to the only thing that they know to do are the only option that they they know nobody wants to be a stripper nobody wants to sell drugs but it's just like i need to get some money i need to pay my bills these people aren't hiring me and then two when somebody is they treated uh the crack uh i i'm gonna call it an epidemic they treated that like it we weren't people that were addicted and needed help but now that that middle America is going through, um, they're having an issue with, what is it? Not cocaine, it's meth or something. They're middle America, they're having a, they're having their little issues with that. Well, I don't want to say it's a little issue. It's not, it's a very nah, huge issue. I know what you're talking about. But like now that they're, they're like, oh, we're going to allow them to like, cops are going to, you know, put you in jail. Just tell us what it was that you took and we're going to, give you we're gonna ensure that you don't overdose type of thing well where were you when you know crack was popping off in my street you was putting me in jail you was treating people that was that was self-medicating because they were having a hard time and they had to feed their kids and they couldn't and there's but there's so many other things that happen to the breakdown of like you know family and the mother and the father and our structure that led to you know our demise in the 90s and stuff like that but one day I'll talk about it's, it, but it's, it's right so in, much. It's right in so many different ways. It's right in people's face, though. It's like, bro, like, at some point, it's not even about being woke. It's about opening your fucking eyes. Like- to me, uh, social media used to be my escape almost for a little while. And I feel like I want to escape from it because I've been seeing so much negative stuff. How do you feel about like, because for instance, when George Floyd passed away, when he was murdered, then you see it's like a, they reopen the wound of showing, you know, Tamir Rice or whatever countless other name that has a hashtag in front of it. And so it's like, I don't, I, I completely for like, I think it was like a month or two, I just stopped like going i posted my kid for 
because people asked me because they wanted to see because my grandma doesn't get to. So I was like, I posted my kid. I posted, you know, that I was half proud of my husband because he just got done with basic and shit like that. But I wasn't on. I was not looking at nobody feed. I was not liking anything. And it was because I didn't want to see anything. I, I was I was hurt. I think social media is that a lot of people that I know personally, and I know a lot of other people know personally. I'm saying a lot of people, a lot of other people know people personally. Mm-hmm. It's like you meet this person, you talk to them, like okay, square. You know what I'm saying? They not really know nobody I hang out with. But you go on social media. Social media is the best place for you to pretend to be whatever you want to be. I think it's goofy because it's like. I never grew up my life. My mom told me at a very young, early age, my life isn't for me to impress anybody. Mm-hmm. As long as I'm making her happy and my myself happy, then nothing else should matter. matter. Yeah. I don't go around doing shit for other people. So the fact that people do and the fact that people need so much approval, the fact that we need so much approval is dumb to me. Like, I just like my fifth Twitter. I wouldn't even have a Twitter if it wasn't for Marissa. She made my Twitter to show me a tweet. My Twitter actually, and it was really funny because I feel like that's what happened with me. I think I wanted to, like, I was in this group with Marissa. Mm -hmm. And so we were doing this whole magazine thing. I remember that. And so they made my Twitter and I said, uh, I got peer pressured into this. If I was to ever, I deleted my Twitter. If I was to ever remake a Twitter, I'm going to keep, that's going to be my bio. I was peer pressured into it because I didn't, me and Twitter, I just, it's not my space. Like, Snapchat, like I can't. I'm on Facebook for my grandma. I'm on Instagram because this is where I release this stuff, and I'm on Tumblr because this is where I'm pretending like y'all don't know me there. Yeah, that person. I'm not even gonna say what my <laughs> what my handle is on there, but that's like my space where I can just, you know, yeah, Tumblr shit. Exactly. So, <laughs> with that being but I, said, I just i just like i um I, I deleted my twitter four times oh god and this is my probably my fifth one i probably might have had more of those but every time i get back on twitter it's the same shit every time that's when i realized like at a very early age i'm like bro these people are really lame like i'm not saying getting on social media is lame it's fun for a lot of people but it's a lot of lame shit people like if somebody will post a picture of their mom happy birthday mom Somebody will find some shit in the comments and just like, it'll be somebody, this picture's getting a lot of retweets. Okay, let me bring this person down. Why your mama look like that? Then somebody add on to that. Yeah, bro, no, nah, look at her eye. Like, look at this, like, but it's like, damn, nigga, I can't show y'all my mom? Like, bro, like. I find it interesting that like, um, social media is really a place where, like you said, people think that it's real life. Um, I'm only I'm gonna show you the best parts of me on social media. I'm not gonna show you when I look but me, if you follow me on social media, you know I've you gonna see me in my fucking bonnet. Yeah, you're gonna see me looking crusty. You're gonna see me without I don't I already don't wear makeup except for this lipstick. I ain't got nothing else on my face, but you're gonna see me with nothing. I'm I'm really like that's it. And the I think that I had social media because I was displaying other people's stuff or um projects that i was doing yeah and not so much so 
this is what my personal life, this is what's going on in my personal life. I'd be a damn fool to show everybody the, the bad shit of my life. Like, I'm finna post a bad song on my Instagram. Like, yeah, <laughs> this, this was some shit I fucked up on, but I just want y'all to hear this one just because y'all my fans. I like, would think it's funny. And you know I mean, what? it's funny, but it's I would be like, that person that would be like, I appreciate this. Cause it yeah, it's it's like it's like a double-edged sword because you'd be like, damn, that's pretty tight. But for the most part, um, you see Ibaka's outfit? He killed that before the game that he's wearing. Okay. <laughs> But anyways, uh, uh, yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I just, I think it's, I think it's very strange. And I think that's why when people like Vince Staples and shit like that come around, it's like a breath of fresh air. Cause it's just like, it, he's silly to a lot of people, but when you listen to his interviews, he's talking some real shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I think that we don't have people that are, we have people that are too scared of losing their money and scared of being themselves. Like, that's why um certain artists don't get the don't get the notoriety they deserve mm-hmm. i.e big crit you know what i'm saying because he's not he's not he's not gonna do what the industry's asking him to do because he's not a bitch and i feel like that's what bitches do like i feel like bitches make the industry the people that have been stealing from our community the whole time make them make the kind of music you want to make that's why i think six nine is a bitch mm-hmm. and i don't mean that because he snitched I don't, people snitch it's people in this city that snitch every fucking time they go to jail there's it's CSIs in these in these neighborhoods. I mean, well, you know what I'm talking about, like the little private. These people that go report to the cop, they go into their PO. No, you're not. You're not going to your PO. You didn't do nothing. You've been going to your PO for how long? What'd you do? You stole from the little gas station? Like, come on, bro. Like, nah, but the, the snitching part ain't cool. The, the part that's, you're going you gonna to make all these kids follow you and think that you're a gang member. I'm a gang member, too. That's what's up. So I, I fuck with this dude. He seems kind of different. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I, he, do, he doesn't care what people think about him. And then you paint this whole narrative. You come out as a bitch at the end. Like, you snitch on everybody. Come home. Start. You change your whole your whole persona. Like, it's like, damn. Like, you know what I'm saying? I found it funny because I took what happened with 6 9 Because that was also what was happening with the whistleblower incident where our president was impeached but wasn't removed for, from office. Mm-hmm. If anybody has that confused, he was in fact impeached. He was not removed from office. There is a difference. I'm not about to get into it now. I encourage you to look it up. But with that being said, I, I just compared those two and I thought that it was really interesting how both sides of the spectrum, um, we uh, understanding gang culture and then um, people in his realm saying you didn't have to say i just thought that was really interesting that it it doesn't matter like uh when it comes when it comes where where you come from or what it is nobody there's like this sense of hush hushness i can tell i i've i've never told on anybody in my life the only person i probably told on was my sister just because we used to do same my sister yeah when i was in, in my i was in middle school I will go to detention. If I seen somebody do something, a kid pulled a fire alarm right next to me. I was finna get in trouble because I didn't tell who did it. They were like, look, we know you didn't do it. Just tell us who did it. I'm just sitting there like, bro, I'm not finna do that. Like she told on herself. I was finna, I don't know what was finna happen to me, but I'm not, I'm not, I've just never been one for getting other people in trouble. I'm not like like him. Speak. And since we're speaking on social media, where can what where can we find you? Me? <laughs> yeah, you. <laughs> uh, on my handle is the same on everything. It's at official seventy ninety eight with an underscore. And what are you working on? What is it that you're doing that? Because 
Uh, right now I'm working on my my first EP is done. We're mixing it right now. It's titled Break from the City. It should be coming out like in in August, September. Um, I'm shooting behind the scenes stuff with Teo. Damn near, I don't know, a couple of times a week. We getting these episodes ready. I'm shooting uh, my video. I've just dropped the video to my single Juice, uh, shot by Davey. And we are about to shoot the video for the next single off the EP. And then I'm actually working on my second EP right now. So that EP is done, but I'm recording my second one now. And as an artist, what is it that you really want your, I feel like you've already answered this, but what is it that you really want your followers, your listeners to know about you uh, that you express in your music often? Be yourself. I, I think that that's the biggest thing with anything. I don't think I would even, I, I have a lyric in my song that I say, like, if I, if I won being anything but myself, I wouldn't even be winning. Like, I don't feel like that's winning. Like, I feel like winning is staying, staying grounded, staying with the people that you started with and putting on for the people that are like you, you know what I'm saying? I don't think that, I don't think winning is changing up your image, making a, making a fake persona and leaving the city that raised you to go blow up somewhere else where people don't even know you. You know what I'm saying? That's my personal opinion, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, people see it other ways, but I think that people should just take from me to be yourself. And I have to say, it's always a pleasure talking to you. We've worked before, but mm-hmm. I'm so happy that I was able to bring you on this yeah, podcast. Yeah, me too. Me too. Uh, so that we can get into a lot of things and, We've had we've had pretty deep conversations uh, we've, before. Uh, we have over yeah. some Hennessy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was that was pretty live. So we, we, that was a very deep conversation. Oh in my a band. gosh! Oh my gosh! I wasn't even talking about that one. That no, time I was talking about? about the pool party. Oh, at the pool party, the yeah, pool we party. did have a. Yeah. But yeah, we did have a great conversation at it when we was in Austin. In Austin, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, the pool party. I don't. I don't really remember that night because I was a little inebriated. Ciao. Yeah. While you can listen to Poetry, Prose, and Politics wherever you stream your podcasts, be it Spotify, Google, or Apple Podcasts, Anchor.fm does allow you to leave me a message so that you can join in on the conversation. You can also support this podcast with small monthly donations to help sustain future episodes. You can donate as little as 99 cents a month. Just visit Anchor.fm forward slash the political poet that's a-n-c-h-o-r dot f-m forward slash t-h-a-p-o-l-i-t-i-c-a-l-p-o-e-t wow that's a mouthful and then click support lastly i mean don't forget to follow me And you can find me on almost all social media platforms at Jamia Zarsuela.